The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Second hour, my guys in the desert here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel, Wes Reynolds alongside as well. We are moments from kickoff, West between North Carolina, Virginia Tech. We closing five and a half on this bad boy or what? Well, we might be closing lower than that, depending on your shop. I'm seeing some fives at some uh, faraway places, as our buddy Dave Koken would like to say, and even a uh, a four and a half. At What's a it shop. rhyme with? What's it, it rhyme? uh, rhymes with uh, skinical. Okay, got it. Like it. Yes, so four and a half now is where I am seeing the close. 63, 63 and a half, 64 on the total. So uh, waiting for all these uh, feeds to get switched over because I believe that game is about to kick off. And, uh, you know, the do, 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 do is going off in Lane Stadium. But we can't hear it because, of course, we do have U.S. Open tennis going on as well. Uh, that is correct. So we will keep uh, an eye on this in our last hour on the air. Johnny Vello, by the way, is going to be with us in a couple of minutes. Get the bookmaker perspective on uh, the weekend that will be first full weekend of college football. But with that, you know, we have a couple of other games left on the board here. One's going to get started in an hour. So I get your thoughts on Duke and Charlotte really quickly because last year, Duke, oh, man, mm-hmm. the quarterback play was atrocious yeah. for Duke last year. Now, he looked over. okay last night for Appalachian yep. State, Chase Bryce. But, you know, when I was kind of watching it, I was like, they got better talent at Appalachian State right. than they have at Duke. So maybe I, that's the upgrade there. I was amazed, actually. Why? I was like, that's the same guy, huh? The same timid, mm-hmm. like, didn't want to push the ball downfield mm-hmm. kind of kid with a turnover problem. That was incredible to watch. It's amazing what coaching does, too, huh? Uh, but regardless, <clears throat> is the quarterback play going to be better here? It gives you an idea of what's going on. Is UNC Charlotte catching six and a half only at home with a total of 59 and a half or 60? Yeah, this was an interesting game. I did not play it, but it is hard to lay it on the road here with Duke in terms of favorites. Now, they're coming off the worst season since 2007. Turnovers dead last in the country at minus 19. So that's one of those turnovers equals turnaround type of thing because usually the next season you're going to get at least a little bit of rebound. But Duke only has 12 starters back. And David Cutcliffe, just two years left on his deal. He is in his late 60s. So you got to think, okay, maybe he's kind of, you know, counting down to the end here before he retires, uh, changed offensive coordinators, uh, brought in a new young offensive coordinator, and they're going against Charlotte, who was two and four last year, disappointing. The guy that's the coach of Charlotte, Will Healy, is oftentimes kind of thought as the heir apparent at Duke that maybe they're going to hire him at an ACC program, whether it's Duke or whether it's NC State or Wake Forest or one of those places, Duke probably the most likely candidate to have an opening sooner rather than those other two programs I named. But I just couldn't lay it necessarily. I know Duke uh, uh, did beat Charlotte 53-10 to last year, but I just couldn't lay it here. I know ACC talent is going to be better than Conference USA talent, but this is probably a big deal 
deal, too, for the Charlotte 49ers, which is why I would at least lean their way, especially if this got to seven, because you get Duke to come to your little campus stadium, you know, and you usually don't get that. You always have to go on the road and play these teams. So nothing for me on this one. If it gets to seven, maybe a small poke on Charlotte. Yeah, this Charlotte program, a quality one. I got to, you know, for a couple of years, uh, wrote up the Conference USA for like two or three consecutive years here at VEASAN. And Mm -hmm. uh, following it over those seasons, you realize uh, what they've done to build the program up overall over at Charlotte. Uh, By the way, we should also note that also starting at 4 o'clock Pacific, 7 o'clock Eastern time, Old Dominion Wake Forest. I got this off the board at a couple of spots as well, but uh, 31 and a half total to 61 and a half. Boy, who knows with this team? Yeah. Because Old Dominion, of course, uh, one of the three teams that sat out last season. We saw that with UConn last week, New Mexico State. They did not have uh, a season due to COVID 19, but probably was for the best considering they were 0 and 11 to finish uh, in 2019. So look, uh, Demon Deacons, uh, a big number here. And I do like Dave Clawson. I think yeah. he is a very good coach and a very underrated coach there in Winston. Salem gave him an extension last year. Last year was kind of a tough season for them because they pretty much lost everybody from that team. They lost their star receivers. They lost a lot of their defenders. So it was kind of an uphill battle for them. I think this number is really about right. They do bring, uh, you know, a lot of their guys back. Sam Hartman, basically in his third year as a starter, who knows what it's going to be for old dominion. They only returned nine starters from that 2019 that didn't win a get that only won one it's game. It's only three so. on defense. Like yeah, it's, uh, yeah. This is a, a little bit of a of a reach for me to get involved with. Maybe a small lean to the under, but just a lean at best. Yeah, we're, we're underway over between Virginia Tech and uh, North Carolina. Uh, Hokies early on second and one. So we'll see if they can convert this and get going on this first drive. Johnny Avello joins us next here on My Guys in the Desert. Second hour of My Guys in the Desert here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel, Wes Reynolds alongside as well. Um, we have one college football game currently underway, at least uh, the Power Five matchup between Virginia Tech and North Carolina. Let's bring in Johnny Avello, the head honcho of the Big Cheese over at DraftKings Sportsbook, to give us some time today. Nice enough. Thank you very much, Johnny. Appreciate it. Uh, what is the excitement level for you as we kind of get into the first big week? As an odds maker, are we looking the chops about what's going to happen tomorrow with a full slate of college football? You know what I'm excited about, JVT and Wes, is that uh, we just entered two new states. Uh, Well, we entered one so far, which is Wyoming, and then Arizona comes on board uh, next Thursday. That's what I'm excited about. Anytime we add an additional state and, you know, make the pot bigger, uh, that's something I've dreamed about for years. Well, it's great, and it's you know, good for betters in terms of being able to get this more widely accessed. A few years ago, think about where we were and where we are now as this continues to trickle out. It's amazing how much this changes, John, and how many more people can get their hands on this, you know, the, the right way, I guess you can call it. Yeah, and we have a long way to go. You know, it's only been three years, uh, and, you know, if you've got to think over the next three, we'll probably have most of the states on board, and now we're doing contests across state lines, and so uh, the I tell you what, it sure has changed over you know the last couple. John, in terms of last night's card, uh, you know, relatively small card, but certainly some significant games, at least on the board with high-profile teams. Ohio State, Minnesota, the Boise State UCF game. How did you come out really on the first big night of college football? Not too well, uh, Wes. 
the there was a couple of games that got us. The uh, NC State game was one that that number ran, and the Ohio State's game we actually got sided on. So. Um, yeah, you know, any money that we're able to retain, we gave back and we paid out a lot at 13 and a half. So uh, r- rough night last night in college football. So what are we looking at for tonight? Obviously, we have uh, some pretty decent games on the board. North Carolina, Virginia Tech, obviously already underway. What did you guys close at? What do you guys end up needing here? We actually closed that game four and a half. Now we, we opened six and a half and closed four and a half. So it sounds like we need Virginia Tech, but it's not really that way. And it's not that bad of a decision. We took quite a bit of North Carolina money sitting at five and a half. And then it was a late move here where we ended up closing four and a half. So we did get some of the money ba- uh, back that was were, made us heavy on one side. So f- fairly balanced, but still need uh, – we still need tech in the game. Yeah, it's funny. We, we were just talking about that, John. Like a lot of movement late on Virginia Tech. It seemed like in the last like 30 minutes even, not even just mm-hmm. the last couple hours. Well, you know, when you look at the game, North Carolina has a chance to be a really good team. And Virginia Tech, I think when you look at them on paper, they're a good solid team. So, you know, none of these, both of these teams have the, you know, capability to be, have good records. I think they both will. I think they'll both end up with, you know, minimum of eight wins. I know North Carolina, they're looking at a big season, you know, possibly 10, maybe even 11 if everything goes right. And, uh, John, the other high-profile game, as Virginia Tech now does have it in the red zone, just four minutes into the game, still no score down there in Blacksburg. But we do have another conference game, and really kind of a theme, at least in the Big Ten, so we can go kind of around the horn in that conference. Michigan State and Northwestern tonight. Northwestern, a very good season for Pat Fitzgerald's guys. Lose a lot of personnel this year, but one of the only teams that got them last year was Michigan State. An erratic season for Mel Tucker, but did pull a couple upsets, including over these wild Cats and now seeing you guys at DraftKings, I think you guys are still at three and a half. But what are you seeing here on Michigan State and Northwestern? We're seeing most of the money on uh, on uh, Northwestern tonight. Now, uh, you know, I know this thing has come down, but uh, now we're seeing a push on on Northwestern. Uh, this is another game where a lot of movement in the line, but by the time it all settles out, uh, things could balance out fairly well. The total went from 45 to 45 and a half. I think Michigan State's got a lot of issues, man, when I look at this team. And the Northwestern team, uh, not as good a defense as they were last year, but I think they're a better than average team. Uh, I expect them to have a good season. I think Michigan State's going to have problems again. Uh, other Big Ten, uh, pro, big, high-profile Big Ten matchup, too, is going to happen on Saturday. Uh, Wisconsin and Penn State. This is one that's been moving around the market as well. Where are you at between these two right now, and what do you expect out of a Wisconsin team uh, that might be a little healthier at wide receiver, John, and might get some pretty good play to Graham Mertz at quarterback? Yeah, uh, you know, we're we're high on Wisconsin, and uh, we went from three and a half to five and a half. That is a move that is indicative of where our money is. Yeah. Total from 52 and a half down to 50. Uh, the Penn State finished last season strong. You know, they had a terrible start and finished real strong. But, uh, you know, I like Graham Mertz. I like the offensive line for uh, Wisconsin. Uh, you know, Penn State, disappointing year last year, but I don't think you'll – you'll see a year like that. I still think they'll have a quality year. Wisconsin could have more than a quality year.
Line has been moving both ways on this one, John, in the Big Ten. That's Indiana and Iowa. Line was about four, four and a half over the summer when this pretty much opened. Then it got all the way down to three, at least last weekend and then into the week. But now some Iowa money showed yesterday. Minus four, I believe that's where you guys are currently are at DraftKings. One of the lower totals on the board at 46. Have you basically seen two-way handle so far on IU and Iowa? We have, Matt West, but it's not a big betting game so far. Uh, you know, five and a half down to four to total 40 and eight and a half down to 46. Total's probably got as much money on it as the game itself. So that will pick up. I know the expectations are very high for Indiana this year. Uh, you know, it might be one of the better teams they've had. And uh, maybe that's why the play is kind of the move of the, on the line has gone that way. John, uh, what's going to get more individual uh, action, Georgia and Clemson or Alabama-Miami? I think Georgia Clemson, uh, you know, that game is just sitting at a, you know, perfect time. The Alabama game is at 1230 and that's positioned right. But the, you know, line 17 and a half up to 19 and a half. So you want to bet Alabama, but you don't want to lay 19 and a half. The other game is just sitting, you know, with a, with a field goal. So uh, that's the game I think is going to handle a lot of money. I know we're going to handle a lot of money, guys. We got this promotion up it's called hammer the total and for every 2500 people that bet that total we lowered a half a point well i can tell you many people have bet it because we're going to be at zero on that total by the time that game goes <laughs> up now that's a that's a promotion we're running so anybody's got a DraftKings app make sure you get in get on board on that game so we're clemson's been a pretty solid three for a while now uh, i'm curious your thoughts because we know about the injury issues with georgia uh, there are some reports out there that there are question marks about guys on clemson too right multiple positions we're talking about the secondary defensive line and wide receiver namely justin ross maybe not being ready to go uh, if we're talking about maybe a couple of other guys being named uh, to miss the game for Clemson. Do you think this moves off of this three? Do we get under that three at two and a half? I don't think so. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I really don't. You know, George's, uh, you know, we know George's got uh, Daniels and we know they got great running backs, but we also know that Clemson reloads. Uh, Lawrence is gone, but that but the quarterback showed real well for them last year, so it doesn't look like they might miss a beat. Uh, and we all know that Clemson's just a tough place to go and play. John, one underdog that's seemingly in a high-profile game. That place, sorry, that game was neutral site. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. One underdog that seemingly is getting a little, at least a little bit of love I've seen from the betters in a high-profile game is on Sunday night. We have Notre Dame against Florida State. Uh, and uh, Florida State, I believe this was 10 in terms of a lot of the openers. And by the way, we have a touchdown. Virginia Tech, Burmeister scrambles in the end zone four yards out. So VT strikes first over UNC. But nevertheless, back to the ACC here. Notre Dame and Florida State now down to an even seven here. And I believe you guys are actually juiced to the Florida State side. Are you seeing kind of some sharper money? Are you seeing some casual betters get involved with the Knolls here? We did see some sharp money at the early numbers, the nine and a half and the nine. And most of it since then has been unsophisticated money. But the money is coming in on Florida State. You know, when, when you look at a game like this on a Sunday night, isolated, and, uh, you know, it's no pro football yet. I just think this uh, – this game is going to write a lot of money. This is, and I expect, I expect this line to probably settle out at seven and a half by the time it's said and done. So I do expect Notre Dame money coming in. Florida State's a little better. Notre Dame is uh, still got a quality team. Books go on, but the team still looks good on paper. 
John, since, uh, since we've seen what's going on with LSU, right, in terms of off-the-field stuff, being forced to move around, practice, all of those things, uh, have you guys adjusted the number at all? Because I would assume that this is going to be uh, obviously one of the other higher bet games on the board outside of the two big primetime spots between these two clubs. Yeah, you, you know, what we've had to do with the, the, the games in the uh, Louisiana area, some couple of games have moved already, uh, yeah. you know, the and so what we've done is kept the – everybody's action stays intact. What our rules read is as long as the team is designated the home team, then the bets all stand. That's how we've handled everything to do with the hurricane so far. Okay. So, yeah, right, I would say Rutgers and Temple then, for example, bets are still live. And, yes. And let me follow up on that, John. Just a quick detour to the NFL. Of course, we have Green Bay and New Orleans. Uh, are you guys currently up, or do you currently have a price up, this game now being played in Jacksonville? No, yeah, we do have a price up. Uh, that And same thing, that everything goes for that game, too. Whoever got the, the bets uh, early, they still stand. I think we were at four to last I looked, Wes, uh, that still stand, and uh, as, as long as New Orleans is going to be the designated home field, if you've got a better number early, you're in pretty good shape on that game with Green Bay. So, John, one of the things that I've always found interesting and talked to a couple of the odds makers, so I'd like to ask you too, is you know we generally hear of home field being worth a little bit more. Why not? Why not more on an adjustment for Green Bay now that this is on a neutral as opposed to in New Orleans? Yeah, you know, you, you gotta, you're right. I mean, you know, it's probably taken away all of, uh, all of the Saints home field, but you know, how much is the home field worth these days? Anyway, some teams are worth one. Some teams are worth four, uh, New Orleans at this point, probably worth about two. So, um, yeah, maybe, you know, that's why I think the, the line has moved a little bit towards Green Bay's way. And it, let's face it, I think Green Bay is the better team overall mm-hmm. entering the season. Uh, and that's another reason why I think there's going to be Green Bay money. Just they're overall just a better team with a better quarterback. John, outside of the obvious here for week one, where it looks like the biggest mover, of course, is the flip of favorites with Seattle and Indianapolis, not knowing what the status of Carson Wentz is, it is expected that he is <laughs> this likely. This game's been great. It's been moving everywhere. Yeah, yeah, it's moved every which way but lose. So you might be able to have plus three eventually on both sides and try to see if it'll land in between there. But nevertheless, you guys currently at DraftKings, minus two and a half, minus twenty on the Seattle Seahawks. It is expected Wentz, if he comes off that COVID protocol, Probably is going to be back, despite the fact that he had no reps in the preseason. But nevertheless, uh, outside of that game, John, what have been the big movers so far on the NFL board for you guys for week one? Uh, there was the, the uh, let's see, one game moved about a point and a half. And that was the, uh, yeah, the Washington football team was a point and a half favorite. And now the Chargers are a one-point favorite. Everything else has kind of been a half a point. The Jacksonville went from two and a half to three. The Titans went from two and a half to three. So most of them are subtle moves except for those two games. Do you think, John, that's because, look, these lines, and you've been around a long time, these these lines now come out earlier and earlier, it seems like, because there might have been many years ago where you didn't have these week one lines up like three and four and five months in advance. It was like, okay, maybe at the start of August, we got to generate some traffic in the book, so let's put these prices up. And really the same more with college football because you didn't have college football games of the year up in April and May 
pay like you do now. So do you think that that's kind of the biggest difference right now, why you're not seeing as much real liquidity, at least, or at least in terms of movement in the NFL market? It could be, Wes. You know, I, to be honest with you, I dislike having the numbers up that early. <laughs> yes. I really do. Uh, you know, and it's public demand that pushes us to get them up. But, uh, you know, it, I don't think the the numbers should really go up until preseason's over with because just so many things change. Be, injury factors. And you hate, hate to take a huge bet and then find out that if a guy's not playing, the game's moved you know, three, four points. So um, we get them up. The public asked for them. We get them up. But to be honest with you, uh, I'd rather not put them up until the first week. Yeah, Colts game is a pretty good example of it, right? Carson Wentz is going to play, then he's not, and then he's going to miss five weeks. Mm-hmm. Now he's back, and then he's in COVID protocol. Uh, that line's been, as you mentioned, everywhere. Uh, John, let me ask you really quickly, because you mentioned some of these moves uh, and some of these half points. There has been an important half point move, though, here. A New England moving off of that three to now sitting at about two and a half. You guys on my screen looks like they're at two and a half. What was behind the move there? I'm, I'm kind of surprised by that. I, I think it's a pretty good matchup for New England, but that actually happened after the Mac Jones news, it seemed. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know why that move happened. Uh, I can't explain it. You know, money, just the money came in on its side, but I can't explain. We did open this game too. Yeah. So, you know, our feeling was that it should have been a bit a little less anyway. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, Mac Jones is, is brand new. We like what we've seen in preseason, but you know, maybe Jitter's first game going against a guy that's got at least a season under his belt. So don't know. I can't I can't, I can't speak for the betters on that one, uh, JT. John Avello, of course, DraftKings. John, we always appreciate it. Enjoy the first week in the college football, sir. Thank you very much, guys. Have a fine weekend. Thanks, John. Got it. All right, let's give an update here. Nine minutes left to go in the first. Tar Heels have a second down. Uh, story, though, first drive for Virginia Tech. Go all the way down, score that touchdown, West. How about this? What did we talk about about this game? What you wanted to see? 5.5 per attempt on the ground for the Hokies mm-hmm. on that drive. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Bur- Burmester uh, uh, capped it off with the four-yard touchdown run. So our race 7 nothing with Virginia Tech. So adjustment made accordingly. And uh, look, a very good start. And by the way, a very big crowd down there yeah. in Blacksburg. Just seeing, uh, you know, we didn't get to hear it because we can't hear the audio in the studio. But uh, I was making a comment. Ender Sandman doesn't seem to slap at 6 p.m. like it does when the lights are on. But it apparently did because they were showing a wide shot of that crowd and all that orange. And I was like, this is the biggest bag of candy. Candy corn I've ever seen when you look at those fans packed together down there in Lane Stadium. Did it slap like Guns N' Roses did? It a did. Week ago, huh? And I was there at Allegiant Stadium on Friday night. A very good show. Uh, uh, Slash and Duff were magnificent, but Axel sometimes his voice sounds like he's got gravel in his throat. Have you done things that would maybe affect that voice? I don't know. Perhaps. Right, we have plenty left to get to. We got best bets, more baseball, college football. It's my guys in the desert.
with exclusive bets, daily specials, odds boosts, and the largest offer of live in-play options. BetRiver Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting and to make your experience even more rewarding. BetRivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only a one-time playthrough. BetRivers, your hometown sportsbook. Offer valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. Got to be 21. Gambling problem? Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, 1-800-9 with it. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Virginia, 1-888-532-3500. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. So, real quick to give you an update on what is going down. The uh, Tar Heels had a third and 13. Ultimately falls incomplete. You and I made the observation. Sam Howell, kind of all over the place. place. Yes, uh, very erratic to start for Sam Howell. Uh, His uh, numbers, 104 for 13 yards. So a slow start for the Heisman Trophy candidate down there in Chapel Hill. Virginia Tech will get the ball back. 7-0 here. About eight minutes left to go in the first quarter. Yeah, had an RPO uh, that uh, ultimately fell incomplete. Took a deep shot on a second down that fell incomplete as well. So eh, only one drive. I I feel like they're still in it, Wes. I feel like they'll be perfectly fine um, and have plenty of time to get back in this. Uh, As I look for the updated number, let's go to best bets and talk about what we have going into the weekend. Sir, I will give you the floor as to what you were looking at in the college football weekend. Yeah, and uh, uh, did mention one that I'm on. I'm on Penn State getting five and a half against Wisconsin. I just think, I think this is a coin flip game and maybe the expectations. Everybody, Wisconsin's kind of like the trendy dark horse this year from what I've been seeing and usually the trendy dark horses are the ones that don't get there. I think Penn State's getting a little slept on. I think this uh, offensive coordinator, Yursich, coming in is going to help Sean Clifford, albeit this is Sean Clifford's fourth offensive coordinator essentially in five years so he regressed a little bit under Cy Rocca, who's a good offensive coordinator just wasn't a good fit for Clifford. I think you know, kind of had too many design runs for him and I think that was largely because you lost your top two running backs so you wanted to establish your quarterback as a runner but I like Penn State here at five and a half. I think this is going to be a nip and tuck game. Houston plus one over Texas Tech. I believe Houston has now moved into the role of the small favorite. It's pick them or minus one, depending on your shot, pretty much right around even there. But Houston is a team I like in the American Athletic. I don't know if they're good enough to eclipse Cincinnati, but I actually think that they're more of the challenger to Cincinnati. In our guide, I picked them to to make it to the uh, title game. Yeah, absolutely, and I picked them over their wins. Uh, Dana Holgerson, 7-14 to start out there in Houston. He is the highest-paid coach in the the group of five, in the non-powered five, so they're not paying this guy $4 million a year to have that kind of record. Clayton Toon is back. They finally found their quarterback after De'Aaron. King, of course, graduate transfer to Miami, but Houston brings in a lot of personnel. They bring in a lot of graduate, a lot of transfers and the transfer portal in terms of from power five schools at the skill positions. Uh, And this is going to be a shootout as you would expect between these two teams. And I like Houston. This is going to be played by the way, in energy stadium, not on the Houston campus stadium. So that's where Houston's going to play most of their home games this year. So Cougars, I like them Florida Atlantic 23 and a half over the university of Florida. I didn't get the 24. Willie Taggart, I think, is kind of in the place where Willie Taggart can succeed. If you look at what he did at Western Kentucky, you look at what he did at South Florida, now at FAU, I think he's good in that group of five type of thing. You know, when he stepped up and went to Oregon, only went seven and five, and then Florida State, it was obviously a disaster. But this is his first time he gets to coach in the swamp because he got fired at Florida State because before he could coach against the Gators in the swamp. In Cozy Perry, the former Miami quarterback, is now the quarterback at FAU in Boca Raton. So, 
you know, a lot of graduate transfers, a lot of guys in the transfer portal from Power 5 schools, kind of a chip-on-their-shoulder program. I think Emory Jones is going to be good in time, but this is the first game. I thought that number was a little high. Indiana going, Iowa going with the under 46.5, and then I'll leave it to you because I believe you're on the same play there. Yeah, uh, by the way, just to update really quickly, is Virginia Tech, the running game still working pretty well. Dollar forty favorite now in-game. Two-and-a-half is the spread with a total of 62-and-a-half as they have a third-and-five right now on the North Carolina. And we'll call it 44-yard line. They're going to convert that, get a first down. Uh, so I've gone over the plays, really the additions. And we kind of talked about this, right? Uh, maybe a little bit more, uh, you shouldn't even call it like a tepid offensive attack from the Alabama Crimson Tide, uh, but more dedicated to a ground game, more getting Bryce Young comfortable. Still could lead to some pretty big plays, but I wouldn't expect the same explosive offense right away from Alabama. So it leads to the under 62. Uh, of course, Clemson minus three over Georgia. Uh, we share some sentiments here. Nevada plus three and a half over California. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I did add two, by the way, uh, the Phillies first five minus 140 over Miami. But uh, that Nevada plus three and a half over Cal, uh, I'm really intrigued by um, that matchup for Nevada. That defense for Cal is going to be good. really good. It always is it, under yeah. Will Cox. He's a very good defensive guy. But I just don't know what they're getting out of that offense as we kind of know from year to year. It's been subpar. Mm-hmm. So three and a half there. And then you saw the other two, Patriots minus two and a half over the Dolphins out of that one yesterday. So, all right, we have plenty left to get to. Hey, let's stick with college football. I got my top games that I can't wait to watch to analyze uh, and some spots I'm waiting for either in-game or before these games start. Really fascinated by what's going to happen between San Jose and Southern Cal. We'll have that and an update on this North Carolina-Virginia Tech game on the other side. planning your football contest strategy. The VEASAN Pro Football Guide is a perfect way to start. VEASAN experts have won major football contests around Las Vegas. Our guide will give insight on against the spread contests as well as survivor pools to give you a winning edge. Download the VEASAN NFL Guide today for only $19.99 or get VEASAN All Access and everything we offer for the entire football season. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Uh, Wes Reynolds is with us. Wes what contests are you entering in or have entered? I know that you and I mm-hmm. uh, are going to team up on a super contest, Andrew. What else you got? I am in the Circa Sports Million. I did not do the Survivor, so I'm not helping Derek Stevens and the guys out with that <laughs> yeah. overlay because, quite frankly, I'm dead money, and I don't want to lose that kind of money, even though I'd like to help him out. But I'm in that. I'm also getting in the Station Casinos, that last man standing. That yep. is, if, if you're not like a big better and maybe you're betting smaller, even if you are a big better, it's still great value, by the way. I believe you get like five. Five entries for $100 in there in the college contest or in the NFL contest. And what you basically do, they have a list of games on the sheet, and you've got to pick one game per ticket against the spread. And it's kind of like Survivor against the spread, but you get five entries for 100 bucks at any station casinos out here in the Las Vegas Valley. So it is a really good value contest to get into. And you can score, I believe, uh, our own Mitch Moss was a co-winner of that one yeah. year many years ago. Yep. So uh, I'm going to be in that, too. I'm going to do college. So uh, I can't wait to... That's a fun contest, like you said. It it's is. super cheap, and you just yeah. get in and play, get the free entry to um, that couple of super contest entries as well. I want to note really quickly an update here. So Virginia Tech has just been gouging this front seven for North Carolina. 5.2 per pop uh, in the red zone yet again. 
And there is a turnover, though. Virginia Tech, there is a fumble uh, by the Hokies. And so now North Carolina survives by the skin of their teeth. Looked like they were about to give up another scoring drive instead. Get the ball back and then get a big play in that RPO. And now are marching, it looks like, Wes. Marching, this, this dare I say. This quarter seemingly has moved fast. And I don't say that a lot about college football. Yep. If anything, I get on my soapbox as the old, old curmudgeon that uh, these games don't ever end in the TV window. It's I like mean, these the games State are way game too long. Kind of dragging a little bit. Yeah, yeah. and I, I, I wish they would do a Away with okay, you know, at fourteen forty-five of the first quarter, if you get a first down, we got to stop the clock and move the chains. It's <laughs> like, come on, guys, you know, do you want to get these games over with? Because then inevitably, like on a Saturday, they bleed over to the next game. So it's like we don't get started for the three uh, thirty game until like four o'clock. Yep. So North Carolina dollar twenty-five favorite on the money line total has dropped uh, to fifty-five and a half here in game. As you mentioned, a quick quarter, first quarter just ended. You know that happens too when you can't stop an opposing run mm-hmm. game. What's well, guess what's going to happen? The clock is also going to bleed away, and that's what's happened here. So we'll keep you up to date, see if uh, North Carolina can get something done at the start of the second quarter. So let's go back to college football. I want to talk about some of the games that I have at the top of my list, and uh, I cannot wait to either, you know, break down, see what a good number will be potentially. I wanted to start with one that is going to happen out in California. San Jose State and Southern Cal. I want to get your thoughts on this because I'm really, really intrigued because you get the edge here for San Jose State that they have a game under their belt. I think that helps to a certain extent. But this is also a team that I'm really high on. This is my pick to win the Mount West-West. They have a quarterback that has played Power 5 football, has played in big environments as well, and Nick Starkle. Starkle looked crisp in that beatdown of Southern Utah, right? 45-14, that win for San Jose State. Starkle 16-27, 394, four touchdowns. They have a really good running game. They have a lot. They have really good defensive players one of the best pass rushers in the Mountain West on this team, too. And I do wonder, when we're talking about a number 14, you want to sit back, see what the market does. You know, this kicks off a little bit later in the day, early afternoon for us here on the West Coast. But San Jose State, 14 and a half. This number opened up 16 and a half. Market moved in the direction. I can't disagree with the market move here. This is a quality San Jose State team. Well, and this is an interesting game because of that angle in terms of the fact that they've played a game. Now, that's not necessarily a long term. You got to go game by game, so you can't blindly bet that because I believe it goes the other way. I think it's like 54% for the team playing their first game. But if you want to like break it down in the first half, like it's seven and a half pretty much across the board. So is it like like, okay, the team that's hit, the other team in pads, do they have an advantage for, like, the first 30 minutes where maybe they come out a little bit more energy? It's the first game jitters, obviously, that every most teams are usually going to have when you haven't played a game yet. So, you know, I kind of thought seven and a half might have made sense in the first half. I have not bet this yet accordingly, but what you mentioned about the Mountain West is absolutely true. And seeing Boise State, who I don't think they're going to plummet off the face of no. the earth, but they're not going to run roughshod. They're not, you know, there's not that much of a gap, if at any at all, between Boise and San Jose and Nevada. Wyoming usually has a quality club. I know you've delved into the Mountain West more than I have so far in the prep, but this is a wide open conference this yep. year. Yeah, it absolutely is. And I do wonder when you look at this from a Southern Cal, when you win games, right? When we talk about net close wins like mm-hmm. all the time and what that means for your next season, this is Southern Cal team that was getting away with murder last year mm-hmm. in terms of winning some of these games, yeah. right? Winning five of them. And now when you're talking about a quality opponent, and we have seen in the past in season openers, USC struggle to cover some of these larger numbers that are put out there. Uh, I do think that this uh, San Jose State team, I'm curious to see what the market does with the number that's sitting right on 14. Both these teams, too, by the way, were very bad against uh, running the football last yep. year. I think USC was 120th and San Jose 
State was 95th. Yep. The other game that top, and this is one um, that is going to be an exciting one because it seems like it's going to be pretty close, but two quality teams. Am I wrong to kind of be intrigued by Texas in this spot against Louisiana? No, because I shared that intrigue with you yeah. because I kind of thought, and I was talking about that with uh, Pritch on betting across America. Look, ULL is getting their respect. They're getting their flowers. Really here good because team, I man. Think that this was, I think this was 14, 14 and a half on the opener. Billy Napier is a hell of a coach down there. He served on not only a Dabo Swinney staff, but on a Nick Saban staff. So this is a guy that obviously comes from winning cultures, and that's what the Raging Cajuns brass are hoping he brings there. There. And look, they got to the Sun Belt Championship game last year. Remember, they beat Iowa State in Ames last year. A very good Iowa State team that won the Fiesta Bowl, by the way, went to the New Year's Six. So I got to think Sark and Texas aren't going to be sleeping on these guys where it's like, okay, you know, uh, this is Louisiana and we're God Almighty Texas and yeah. we're going to easily just give our B or C effort. Texas is back, baby. Yeah, exactly. But this is dropping a little bit. And once it dropped to eight, it got a little tick back on the horns uh, in this spot. And I do respect ULL. So I understand the move, but I think that this might be a by low spot on the Longhorns. I think Sark has been trying to kind of temper expectations. So hook them for me in the opener. Yeah, man. And I was waiting to, I was hoping to maybe as you, cause you mentioned the market move was hoping you would get to like that seven and a half, seven yeah. range. You didn't. Yeah. So maybe an in-game opportunity to wait to see if, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Louisiana Lafayette gets off to a good start. But think about this, man. Hudson card is a young guy and he's going to be their starter. But look at this. He's got Bijan Robinson back. He's got an offensive line that loses just one starter to the national football league. Nine of their top 10 on the two deep though back wide receivers, you know, Joshua Moore reportedly turning into a fantastic fall. Like, I, I really like a lot of what is around Hudson Card. And what I really don't like is a trendy dog in week one. ULL is a very trendy dog. You're seeing a lot of uh, national media pundits and people new to this sport betting space where we reside as well. Very much like in Louisiana, and I often say trendy dogs go to slaughter. Yep, and uh, I know not a lot of people like him, but uh, I do think uh, that Sark deserves some credit for leading Alabama to 48 and a half points per game last year Absolutely. coordinating that offense. Stark after dark is back, baby. I can't wait to watch it. Such So many great games on the card for tomorrow. All right, uh, we'll take our break here when we come back. A full slate of Major League Baseball. Let's get to the American League and a lot of these races and the importance of a lot of these games. in the desert from the oddstrader.com studio at South Point Casino. Go to oddstrader.com right now. Download the free oddstrader app. Start winning with up to the second info that you need. Wes Reynolds, Jonathan Von Tobel, wrapping up a good football Friday here on My Guys in the Desert. Wes, North Carolina is officially marching, huh? They are officially marching. Uh, that turnover by Virginia Tech, by the way. Uh, we are, I believe, uh, now into the second quarter. And like we said, uh, you know, did kind of lean a little bit to the under. There's going to be a lot of yardage in this game now. 12.55 left in the second quarter. Virginia Tech, 7 nothing, uh, still the score there. But 
there was a little bit of a thought that maybe you get some slower starts here because both of these teams did lose substantial losses in terms of skill position guys, especially mm-hmm. North Carolina, and still no score on the board because remember, these two teams, I believe, what was it, 56 of 45 last year? Yes. So 101 points, so you could understand, okay, oh, this is easily going to go over, but then when you looked at the opener at 66, and this closes 63 and a half pretty much, mostly in most shops at the market, so somebody knows something, and I go with the someones, I guess, on that one. So with that, let's turn our attention to Major League Baseball. A lot of big series getting started this weekend. We start in the American League here this time around. Um, two clubs that this this series is going to hold a lot of weight for both of these, especially for a team like Toronto, right? Toronto, one could make the argument, Wes, you get swept here, it might just, you might just, yeah. you know, that's all she wrote. The, the I've been Blue calling Jays. them a 2022 team pretty much because really they've been surprised by the low. Their lineup's really good, mm-hmm. but the rotation needs some help outside of Robbie yeah. Like I was really surprised That's why by the I think this them. is like too much too soon. Like, I think next year is maybe where there's a little bit of value down the board on the Blue Jays, but I don't want to say they've overachieved or play over their head when you've got that kind of lineup, but they still do need some work in terms of that rotation. It is Alec Manoa going tonight against Sean Manaya and uh, home team getting the money here uh, against Manaya, which kind of surprised me a little bit. I yeah, thought maybe, me too. Uh, you know, a little bit of positive regression on the Manaya side and uh, a little bit of regression on the Manoa side. It was at 251 on a batting average balls in play. So I don't know if I agree with this move necessarily on the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah, it's funny. So when I saw the price tag as high as minus 150, and some spots got it as high as 160 mm-hmm. uh, in favor of Toronto. Uh, circled that immediately. Look, the, the Shamanaya, you mentioned some of the numbers. Like, he's been amazing. Like he's, uh, maybe he's maybe a strong. But the 397 ERA, 357 expected fielding independent, he's a really good pitcher yeah. for the Oakland Athletics. And Manoa is a guy who I think – it's not that I've looked to play against him, West, and I think he's a really good option for the Toronto Blue Jays. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, but I do think there's spots where you can play against him. He's especially been good at home, though. Yes. And I think that's why he's getting the betting. But if you look for the full game, maybe if you like Toronto, go the first five. Because the Blue Jays' bullpen, obviously, they've been pretty shaky yep. and not been great all season. They just waved Brad Hand here after they uh, traded for him to try to really shore up that back end of the bullpen. So... That's why I think it's a little danger. Will Robinson to lay about a dollar fifty here with the Blue and Jays, and that's where I'm at. Like I, I feel like this. You know what this reminded me of? This reminded me of Boston, Toronto yesterday, mm-hmm. right? Where the market was going in one direction. I kind of looked at it as like, you know, the dog. Like yeah, the with, team is solid. Yeah, the pitchers with the, with very E-Rod, much worth backing. And right. then you had a, t- a Tampa Bay team that had just had that nine game winning streak. So I understand. Oh, they're nine and one. Their last end. You want to bet Tampa Bay? Pritch and I were talking about that yesterday. I was like, actually, I want to go against Tampa Bay here because of Erod when you. Look Look at those numbers and those peripherals certainly held up. By the way, very nice relief effort from Garrett Richards last night. Yep. Uh, we should note uh, that a uh, big sack there for Virginia Tech has North Carolina at fourth and 20. So VT stands up. Look at the, what, what great number. What great letters, by the way, huh? V and T. Yeah. Some of the best letters in the yeah, alphabet. Absolutely. And then uh, when I was remarking about Ooh. that crowd packed in there down in Blattsburg, uh, when you had that wide with the sun kind of shining, so you had that little yellow, yeah. you had some white, and you had the orange. It did look like a big bag of candy corn in that stands. Yay or nay on candy corn? What are you thinking? I'm very neutral on candy corn. I have to be in a mood like too much of it is a bad thing. I think, you know what I'm, I'm going to be, look, we try to be open and honest uh, as entertainers and as people who are here, host of these shows. 
I'm pro candy corn. You are pro candy corn. I'm just going to let this be known right now. Pro candy corn. Um, In game between North Carolina and Virginia Tech because a great punt for North Carolina has Virginia Tech at the one-yard line. Virginia Tech, $1.60 favorite, three and a half the spread with a total of 51 and a half. In the second here, Wes, that's a little bit on plus 130 in North Carolina. What do you think, huh? Let's do it. Bam. You in? I'm in. Just like that. All right. Let's move on to Major League Baseball. More going on. Cleveland, Boston. Now, this series, not so much in terms of, right, weight. Boston is still trying to maintain its spot with that second wild card, floating, fighting around in there in the American League. Cleveland, not so much. But I was surprised. Look, Boston is a fine team. Offensively, they have a lot of depth. $2.40 price tag on the open for Boston with Eovaldi on the hill. I get that Cleveland is in the position that they're in, and Cal Quantrill gets the start. The opener of two forty really stuck out to me as pretty high for Boston, and sure enough, we're down as low as like a dollar eighty, dollar seventy five. Yeah, and uh, the Red Sox, of course, do come back home from yep. that series with the Rays, where they did get two wins in a row against the Rays after the Rays had been kind of running roughshod over everybody. And Boston, as you mentioned, trying to keep pace here. So they are currently a game and a half back behind the Yankees in the wild card. So they're third in the AL East. But looking at the schedule, I think the Yankees schedule, when you go kind of down the board, is a much easier schedule necessarily than the Red Sox. Like the Indians aren't great, but they're right about where they are around 500, a couple games over 500, even though this is kind of a retooling year for the Cleveland Indians. But still, I don't think an easy team that you can just mark off three wins. And then, of course, Tampa comes uh, to Fenway and then the Red Sox have to go to the White Sox to the Mariners. They do get a series with the Orioles and they do get the Mets and then they get the Yankees at the end of the month. So they got a couple series with the Orioles, but so do the Yankees. Red Sox seem to have a much tougher schedule down the stretch. Oh yeah, they do. And you know, and that was the tough part about them maintaining their spot in the division. It was the schedule. It was the fact that they were getting performances out of guys that you knew weren't going to maintain itself. The pitching was going to regress. And even though Chris Sale, I think has been very good on return. Right. Not enough, I think, from this standpoint. Look, we saw Garrett Richards, who started off very well in the year. He was in relief last night for Erod and uh, actually did a good job in that role because, of course, Matt Barnes, who was absolutely killing at the first half of the season, now he can't get anybody out in a high-leverage situation. Yep, so let's move on to the other American League game uh, that is important. Tampa Bay still trying to maintain their lead on top of the American League East. Uh, the New York Yankees at one point were nipping at their heels, and they're still nipping because you know you lose a couple of games to Boston, that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And now you get uh, a matchup at home against Minnesota. Randy Dubnik is going to get the start for the Twins. Michael Waka, an intriguing pitcher, $1.90 to $2 favorite, and he's one of those guys that if you look at some of the underlying numbers, over 94 and two-thirds, Wes, 570 ERA is abhorrent, but little unlucky on the batting average on balls and play at 345. Pretty unlucky when it comes to the rate of these home runs going out of the park, and that's been a problem for him the last couple of years. But a 408 ER expected fielding independent for a guy that actually has a positive ground ball to fly ball ratio mm-hmm. is a there is signs that that guy is worth backing in certain spots and maybe against this lineup. That is the case. Yeah. And uh, no Franco, by the way, uh, for the lineup for Tampa Bay, that's kind of the one adjustment in terms of the regular lineup for both of these teams. But Tampa Bay has taken a trickle of money. They've now lost two in a row after winning nine in a row. So this is kind of the good series to rebound getting the Minnesota twins, even though the twins are one of those teams. Like we have teams that are clearly out of the race and have been out of the race for a while. 
that you know have kind of phoned it in a little bit, like the Orioles, mm-hmm. like the Pirates. The Twins, you know, every once in a while, they'll go win three or four in Houston. Yep. Or they'll, you know, they'll mess around. That was a really and, and, surprising series, yeah. Yeah, they'll mess around and beat somebody. And then it's like, okay, you know, maybe this was the Twins that some people thought might have been the chief challenger to the White Sox in the Central, where really no challengers have emerged. But no play for me. But to your point, I do think Michael Waka there are some underlying good numbers. So maybe where I would look to go is first five innings here. And what I would probably like to do instead of necessarily laying a dollar 60, there are options at your book where you can play a run line, by the way, in the first five innings and you lay a half a run. And then there's a price attached to it. I think on this uh, Michael Walker side, I believe at circus sports, it's like minus a dollar 20. If I were to get involved in this game, that would be the way I would go. I know, uh, you know, look, laying the big juice that obviously gives you a push in play so obviously you can't have a push here if you lay a run line but if you don't want to lay a big price on a guy that's been a little bit of erratic as a pitcher but that's the way I would go here run line first five yep uh, I, I was uh, exasperated by the fact that uh, North Carolina had looked like they had forced Virginia Tech up against it third and long double digits and they give it up and <laughs> allow Virginia Tech to convert it so Virginia mm-hmm. Tech moving the ball still how about John Means? Have we finally seen John Means kind of revert back a little bit to his normal form? Yes. This is some time for injury, but his last two, Wes, talking about six innings in each of the last two outings, six and a third last time out against Tampa Bay, three earned runs that he allowed over six strong against Atlanta, just two last time out against the Tampa Bay Rays. We've kind of slowly started to see some more even-keeled performances from John Means, and now he gets to start here against the New York Yankees. Yankees, of course, with Nestor Cortez, a massive favorite, uh, opened up as a eighty price tag. I'm Looking at my screen right now, I see the Yankees. Uh, what, what do you got on your screen right now? Two dollars, two twenty-five. Yeah, I see some two twenty, even as high as two forty yeah. at BetMGM. But uh, I have seen a little bit of movement toward means in the Orioles here in the first five. Uh, you're looking at like plus one fifty-five, plus one sixty. That's probably the way to go because if you look at Nestor Cortez, the three on the ERA, but almost a five on the xFIP. Yep. Two forty-one batting average balls in play. I think people are betting the Yankees because they see this schedule and look at this September. You got three with the Baltimore. You got four with Toronto at home, three at the Mets, uh, the struggling New York Mets. Makeup game with the Twins. Another three game set with the Baltimore Orioles, Indians, Rangers, and then three at Fenway, three in Toronto. And I believe they close uh, with Tampa Bay at home. But the schedule is easier. You get more yep. games with the Orioles. You get that three game set with the Rangers. But price a little inflated. I can. I think John Means in the first five, that makes absolute sense at a big number. Yeah. I, the, you, you like to see the fact that there is, is some consistency consistency, right? Like six innings, three earned runs kind of average. Mm -hmm. But for him, how extreme it had been, how bad it had been right in a couple of those starts, the fact that he's kind of reverting back to a quality, consistent pitcher is just a positive sign for him overall. Yeah, I think absolutely, because he had that injury. Remember, he had that that no-no up in in Seattle, and then it's like, okay, you got to go against him, and it was rightfully so. But now, you know, had a couple bad outings, and now it's kind of like that pendulum, JBT, where it regresses to the extreme on one side. Now you kind of get back to the middle and that's where I think John Means is right now. All right, folks, that is going to do it for us here on My Guys in the Desert. Matt Ewan's back next week. Has a wonderful vacation plan. He's out there in Southern California right now. Wes at Wes Reynolds 1 up on Twitter. Thank you very much, sir. Appreciate it. Good to be it. with you, John. Of course, always fun. Uh, with that, we are all done. Danny Burke coming up next for Rush Hour. Have a good weekend. Enjoy college football, and good luck on everything you're playing. See you.